This is the Golden V Podcast. The Golden V Podcast is a Vancouver, Canada-based podcast talking Vancouver sports. We talk about hockey, football, baseball, soccer, and other sports, including the Canucks, Lions, Vancouver Whitecaps, Canadians, and any other relevant sports news in the Vancouver, Canada area. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's episode 10 of the Golden View Podcast. Happy episode 10. Lots of stuff on the go as usual. Uh, Canucks is always in the fray. BC Lions with some really interesting stuff happening uh, this week and in the past week since we last broadcast to you. It's Wednesday, February the 2nd. 2022, the first month of uh, 2022, is already gone. So that was a, seemed like a quick January, and it wasn't a, that long ago that it was uh, Christmas. Um, but yeah, kicking off here, latest news today was uh, Jeevan Katoy has signed a two-year contract extension with the BC Lions. Uh, big positive for the Lions there. Uh, Katoy had a great season last season. And maybe you don't see it in the numbers, 39 catches for 519 yards and three touchdowns. Um, but sure, there's something to be said for having a guy like Katoy on the team, uh, given the way the Lions continue to uh, beef out their receiving core uh, after Mike Riley's retirement and departure. Lo and behold, what pops up, as I think a lot of people speculated, uh, was Brian Burnham's contract extension. Uh, so Brian, now 32, first came to the Lions way back in 2014. Uh, so, you know, he's been with the club for eight years. And we've talked a lot about how in the CFL players changing hands, changing teams, like every single season, and there's no consistency for the fans. And I think it's really important sometimes when you're trying to sell a team like the Lions that there's consistency uh, with those players. And there's also that recognition factor um, that a guy that you love on the team is going to be there every year. So just some just some stats on Brian, too. Um, just looking here, uh, fifth on the all-times Lions receiving list. 6,616 yards, 435 receptions, 38 touchdown. And Burnham, you know, last four seasons has eclipsed the 1,000 yard mark every year from 2016 to 2019 and hit 965 in the 2021 season, which was 14 games. And, you know, honestly, when you look at the BC Lions, and I've talked about it at length too, you know, I really have to admire and respect a guy like Burnham who's continued to lay it out there, despite the fact that in a lot of ways, quite honestly, this team has been a joke. Um, it has been bad in the standings, bad on home field. Uh, you know, it's just struggle, 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 struggle. Um, and, uh, you know, a guy like, like Burnham has always been there, um, and continues to lay it out on the field. Right. So, um, looking at some other things for, uh, Brian, he's a Lions leader in receiving yards last four seasons, second to lucky whitehead, uh, in 2021, still like Brian is the better receiver, still have more faith in him. Uh, to get things done on the field. Just kind of some other stats here. Uh, Lions outstanding player nominee in 2019. Well, didn't win the award. Um, so he needs 74 yards to catch Swerve and Mervin Fernandez for fourth on the Lions all-time list. Um, and 1,554 yards more will pass former teammate Manny Arsenault, who at last record look, election, it looks like has landed with the Edmonton Elks. So some positive BC lines there. We've covered up Brian Burnham. We've covered up uh, Javon Katoy. We've also got a look at the signing of uh, Gary Peters uh, staying with the Lions. Another great move on defense after signing TJ Lee. 
Peters was eligible eligible to be a free agent next week. Uh, played all 14 games last season. Um, he joined the Lions as a free agent prior to 2018. Uh, 46 defensive tackles and four special team stops. Uh, you know, he and TJ Lee were a big team in 2019 too. Uh, just looking at some uh, some breakdowns here. Uh, tying TJ Lee and tied TJ Lee in 2019 for the team lead with four interceptions, recording 63 defensive tackles for Peters. And so, you know, what I'm really seeing with the Lions here, we talked about it a bit off the top, really seeing um, a real effort by the team to really solidify the lineup and bring back a lot of those key players that fans recognize and that they know can probably help them, you know, even in the West when you have, you know, Winnipeg's back-to-back cups, you see how Calgary finished the season, uh, Saskatchewan and, you know, BC and the Edmonton Elks were down near the bottom. Um, it's good to see that the Lions are at least getting somewhat serious that they're going to, um, you know, retain a lot of the players that at least helped them win some games last season. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Lions do pick up a backup or some kind of a veteran quarterback presence uh, to help out Nathan Rourke. But, uh, you know, solid, solid moves keep being made by this franchise. Give them full credit. Another one little piece of news I picked up yesterday um, is they've submitted a big offer the Lions have for all-star receiver Kenny Lawler, which is a really interesting move. Um, offering him 250000 for the 2022. Um, big, big money there. Uh, but, you know, you think about what it does to the Lions receiving core uh, when you add a guy like Lawler, uh, in addition to who they already have, they're, you know, trying to make a serious move here um, to... To to really beef up that receiving core um, and give it a lot of weapons, right? I mean, they really need to beef up their presence on the field on offense. We saw how bad they were last year. But, you know, seeing the likes of Katoy, Lucky Whitehead, uh, Brian Burnham, and you see a guy like Lawler line up, that's a pretty lethal offense to start. So uh, stay in tune for more Lions news. I'm going to switch over to a little bit of uh, Canucks news now. Uh, game last night where they lost 4-2 in Nashville. Uh, a few interesting stats uh, courtesy of Sportsnet. Uh, a couple of things standing out here too is that the team is 12-5-4 since you know the firing of Travis Green and Jim Benning, hiring Bruce Budo, bringing in Jim Rutherford. Uh, and uh, you know why I find that really interesting is I still think a lot of people think the Canucks should have made that change in the offseason when they have a 6-6-7 winning percentage uh, under Budo. And you know I know it's not as many games as a full season but it's still, you know, over 20 games, and that's a significant chunk. I think the Canucks, you know, with these two guys in place, probably we would have had a season start like that, or at least been able to mean a similar winning percentage over the first half of the season. Canucks are now 500 at 20, 20, and 6. Sixth in the wildcards race, seventh in the Pacific Division, uh, 46 games played, six games played. So there's enough games left here, you know, to play some to play pretty good hockey to at least be close. Uh, goals for game... Uh, goals for per game is not great. 28th in the NHL at 2.43. Goals against per game is 2.67 and 7th. Power play sits at 19th at 18.9%. That dreaded, dreaded penalty kill sits at 70%, 32nd in the NHL. Um, and, you know, it's really, really have been hard to see the way the Canucks started the season. Uh, but, you know, they've turned it around. I don't know what's going to happen to them this year. A lot of the other talk is around trading big-name big players, JT Miller, uh, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser. I don't really agree with this whole let's just trade a player. It seems to be a real media narrative right now, and I know why it is. 
especially if the Canucks make a choice to move to being more of a rebuilding team uh, at the trade deadline and you know going forward the rest of the year rather than trying to make a strike for the playoffs. Uh, I just always wonder what do you get back in return for uh, players like Miller and don't you think people have learned the lesson in this market when Markstrom, Tanev, Stetcher and Toffoli all left uh, and then almost seemed surprised or a lot of people expected it that the Canucks took a step back and you want to trade Miller and you want to trade Garland and you want to trade players like that. Um, this is not going to be a good team if those players leave. They're going to take a step back yet again, but maybe that's what you want. Um, looking down to uh, Thatcher Demko is the Canuck, only Canuck uh, named to the All-Star game. Uh, looking at some of his stats here, uh, save percentage now at .930. Um, that's pretty exceptional. I mean, he's been so good. And, you know, the Canucks and a lot of fans worried about what would happen without Markstrom. <laughs> I don't think Markstrom was really the issue a lot of the time when he left, when you think about Demko stepping up in the way he has. I mean, Demko was great in the playoff bubble uh, against Vegas, against the Vegas Golden Knights, I should say. So, um, you know, I, I don't think, or I never had thought that a guy like um, Thatcher Demko was going to be an issue. Um, we all know where the Canucks have really struggled. That's on defense. Uh, we've seen Elias Pedersen struggle, um, you know, and signing that contract for Pedersen, three-year contract. And I'm just trying to find the number here, how far it is above $7 million. Um, at 735. People are really down on Pedersen, 11 goals and 24 points. Um, but when you think about his offseason, you think about the amount of time he was out, you think about the amount of injury time he had last season, um, you know, I'm not ready to dunk Pedersen or Besser just yet. Just far too much talent there, far too good. Um, I think the Canucks really would get burned if they ever moved one of those guys. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, but I don't think um, that's really a concern here. Uh, the trade deadline this year is March the 21st. So does a guy like Tyler Motmu, who's unrestricted, uh, Yara Halak, uh, who's really only on a one-year deal. Um, and so um, you think about some of the players advocating for being moved. It just got to Vancouver, a guy like Connor Garland, even Oliver ekman Larson on defense. Um, you know, Tyler Mott, the way he's played, especially in the playoff bubble and since on the on the penalty kill, the kind of energy he, he brings uh, with Yaroslav Halak. Uh, interesting to see just because of um, you know, way other goaltending options have emerged like Spencer Martin. Martin would probably offer the Canucks something decent in a backup role based on the way he played those few games, uh, probably for less money than Halak. So I don't really see um, if you keep a guy like Halak, um, if Martin can at least handle some games uh, or see what else is out there. Uh, you know, the Canucks technically can still make the playoffs. I don't know how they would do. Uh, in the Pacific Division, if they landed a team like Vegas, but uh, they're only two points out of the uh, out of the playoff spot, so it really does beg the question whether you're going to rebuild this team um, or at least try and make a move for the playoffs. I mean, there is some justification for you know trying to make the playoffs um, and seeing what you can do uh, with this team, and if you make any other moves or upgrades. So you know, stay tuned for this one. I don't think they should be quite ready to move on from a lot of those players yet. Uh, still some potential there and it's it's always the question of if you move a guy like a Miller what do you get back in return I think a lot of people seem to always be forgetting this you just want draft picks well you're you're not going to replace Miller so you're going to take a step back right um you replace you you get rid of Connor Garland the guys you know the guy's hardly been here and and now he's out of the fold I just I'm like wow I know you signed him to a team-friendly contract 
at a little over 2 million, but, or sorry, a little over 4 million, but man, big mistake. Uh, trying to squeeze in some white caps and soccer news here too. Uh, really, really blew it on the weekend, got caught up in football, not realizing how crucial uh, the Canadian games were against the U.S. and Honduras. Uh, and Canada's really making a strike to make the World Cup. So really excited to see that and going to have some more uh, on that World Cup for you and the information on what's happening in the World Cup on the next episode. Uh, getting ready to sign out here. And there's our music to cue us. That's been episode 10 of the Golden View Podcast. Thanks, everybody. This is the Golden V Podcast. The Golden V Podcast is a Vancouver, Canada-based podcast talking Vancouver sports. We talk about hockey, football, baseball, soccer, and other sports, including the Canucks, Lions, Vancouver Whitecaps, the Canadians, and any other relevant sports news in the Vancouver, Canada area.